man, what you want to do? You feel like going down and catching some basketball? Yeah, and the Pelicans, the New Orleans Pelicans. Woo! I want to see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like going to see them. Locking up them. What you think we can sit courtside? Well, I can't sit no courtside. I'm up in the nose. Where you think? You want to be upstairs or downstairs? Downstairs, they got waiters and waiters. Let me tell you, upstairs, though, you get the jumbo sign. Ooh, yeah. And I'll be looking at the scoreboard when they run it up, baby. Oh, you know they're going to score. Yeah, 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 Welcome to another edition of Pelican Crew Podcast. I am your host, Devin Fontenot. Thank you for joining me. As always, please like, share, follow, subscribe, uh, leave a rate and review if you can on your preferred podcast provider. So joining me today is uh, host of the Pelican Plus Podcast, uh, which has one of the greatest intro musics uh, out there. I got to say that. Uh, also member of Boot Crew Media, Mr. Elliot Clough. How are you doing today? I'm great, Kevin. And you know, that was that had nothing to do with me. Andrew Simmons of Blue Prod, excuse me, Blue Dot Productions put that together. Uh, and totally worth every bit of money that I spent on that. And I, I added a little bit because it was so good. I was listening to it at one of my many part time jobs that I've had over this last two years. And I'm sitting there with like goosebumps, like, oh my God, this is insane. So uh, shout out to him. I mean, he does excellent work. Dude, I get goosebumps every time Antonio Daniels breaks it down. Like, oh, my God. It's like, yeah. we go. <laughs> yeah. We're ready to go. So yeah. let's talk some pals. So by all accounts, um, two and a half years ago, when Gail Benson decided to separate the organizations, the two franchises, try to change the culture of the New Orleans Pelicans franchise, try to change the image of New Orleans Pelicans franchise, David Griffin was one of the top executives uh, that was out there. It was him, Trajan, and I forget the few others. And of course, in the interview process, this was for the GM job. Um, it was it was Trajan and it was David Griffin. At some point, I don't know if this came from David Griffin or this came from Gail Benson and her team. Uh, he got elevated to a vice president's position, executive vice president. And we also slide in Trajan as the GM. So we get our top two um candidates for the uh for the staff and then we just the luck keeps coming good haul for anthony davis get three quality players one an all-star and picks galore we luck into the first pick that just happens to be zion williamson who's a one for one a guy i've never i've never seen that and we can talk about we'll talk about him in a little bit because um there's some concern there but uh he's just something else and we're two years in, and the franchise still seems to be stuck in the mud. What's going wrong? You know, man, and credit to the Bird Calls, uh, the, another excellent Pelicans podcast. I was listening to that right after uh, uh, that article broke from Christian Clark, who also does excellent work. And they said, you know, Griff was handed just about everything. And you just listed it all out. Yeah, bevy, yeah. bevy of picks, first overall pick, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball. Obviously, he's not with the team anymore. But it couldn't have been set up any better. And what did he turn it into? 
Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe. And what did that turn into having to, and he traded a pick to get Steven Adams trading right. a pick to get rid of Steven Adams, yeah. sending Eric Bledsoe to Memphis. Disappointing. And, uh, it's, it's just been this <laughs> Griff just wants to be this, this, uh, the, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of his name here. Uh, the guy who like invented Apple. What's his name? Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. He wants to be this. He wants to be the Steve Jobs esoteric genius guy instead of just doing his freaking job. That's the problem. Playing the piano for Zion. That definitely happened. People who you know the the Pelicans. Uh, they denied it because that's their job as an organization. But he's trying to be this genius, saying it's a tapestry of moves and trying to figure out what you've heard is like reading a, a page of a book one or letter at a time. Like, come on, man. Just he's just trying to be this genius person instead of just doing his freaking job. That's the problem. My, and, you know, my comparison to this guy, my comparison to this guy, I, I, I talked to David uh, to uh, David Grubb about this and I kind of date myself. He reminds me of the elixir salesman and the original Peach Dragon. <laughs> he yeah. he, he, he yep. can't pronounce Passamaquoddy, and he's just <laughs> <laughs> what he says in his press conferences have no meaning. It's like he can yep. tell you we're going to go out there and kick everybody's asses. He can tell you that this we have this tapestry of moves, but then you watch what's on the court, and I'm going to tell you, last year as a fan, that was rough, and trying to manage a, a Facebook site that's got mostly football fans on there and try to get them interested in a franchise in New Orleans, which is pretty cool, by the way, because there's only 30 teams in the league. It's rough when that product is hard to watch. It was, I mean, and the thing about it too, is it just illustrates how freaking dominant Zion Williamson is. Exactly. Like 27, 27 points a game, 62% shooting from the field next to Steven Adams with guards who can't shoot. I mean, your only shooter last year that was healthy throughout pretty much the whole season was Brandon Ingram. Yep. And I mean, I had Jamel McMillan on my podcast last year, but the beginning of the season used to be an assistant for the Pels, uh, son of Nate McMillan, head coach for the, for the Hawks. I believe Jamel just got put on his staff. And the way Jamel summed it up was everything is hard. Everything they do is hard, especially offensively, because Brandon Ingram was there having to chuck up shots. Knock was, wasn't quite as confident yet. Um, you know, obviously the clogged paint. I am very, very excited for the coming season because they swung the, the pendulum in the opposite direction in a lot of ways. I agree. Um, obvious. Sorry. No, I agree. I agree. Oh, <laughs> okay. right. yeah. yeah, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to the roster here. Devontae Graham, Jonas Valanciunas, Trey Murphy. Uh, I mean, Antonio Daniels is getting us all in way, way too excited based on his <laughs> tweets from being at practice. Um, and I am incredibly excited for this coming season because of the dramatic shift. It could have been reached in a lot of different ways. You know, I, I'm, I'm honestly, I mean, I, I tweeted about, uh, I put that podcast about Lonzo not being as good as people think he is. And that, <laughs> that blew up. People didn't like that. I was fully expecting that when I put that podcast out, but I'm so much happier to have gotten Devonte Graham at four years, 47, instead of Lonzo at four years, 85, like defense aside, the Pels are going to put up like 150 points a game yep. and Willie green schematically is going to figure it out. Top eight, top 10 defense in just about every statistic last year with the Suns. And the addition of Trey Murphy, he's still got Najee Marshall. Hopefully Brandon Ingram and Zion step up. 
Um, and, and Didi Luzada, maybe he'll start to make some shots and look better than he did in summer league. Uh, non-incredible perimeter defender. I, I, I'm I'm excited for the season, but uh, you know David Griffin might figure out a way to to ruin it. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about that because it does look like in uh, media days they definitely circled the wagons. I mean, they went full Buffalo Bills. <laughs> with everybody asking questions. Uh, one of the funniest moments when Christian Clark asked a question of Zion, the grin on his face was just priceless. Yeah. <laughs> you had the opportunity. Uh, so the bombshell was Zion and his injury. Second lower leg injury uh, of his career, short career for a guy who generates a lot of force on his own personal body, just the way he plays. Uh, of course, there are tweets out there that he's incorporating a floater and a mid-range jump shot. I think as his career progresses, he's going to have to be less forceful on his body over time. And it's going to have to have a lot more finesse. So maybe that's a step in the right direction. But you had an opportunity. on Better your to work on it now than wait. Exactly. Yep. Plus, yep. It'll, it'll open up the offense a little bit. You know, uh, yep. if, if, if people have to step out and guard Zion. Uh, then Valanciunas is going to be everything. Open. Then yep. yeah, Brandon Ingram is going to be able to drive. There's a whole bunch. But on your podcast, your latest podcast, you had an opportunity to speak with um, Dr. John Chase, former uh, orthopedic surgeon for the Orlando Magic. I did. Not to divulge everything because the crew needs to go to your podcast and listen to that because it was very, very insightful when it comes to uh, bone structure and what's going on with Zion and this latest uh, injury. Uh, but tell us a little bit about what you found out and what that made me for Zion going forward. Sure. So uh, I'll preface everything like that. I have to tell this story about okay. how this worked out. So Dr. John Chase is from my hometown in little Ida Grove, Iowa. I had, I had no idea this guy existed. I, I, I mean, you might've seen the videos. I was up in Minnesota this last week. That's why it looked like I was in a cabin because I was in a cabin. <laughs> so I was out on this walk with my dad and my dad does a lot for the, for the town in Ida Grove in terms of trying to bring in people and, and do events and stuff like that. And he's telling me about this book talk that Dr. John Chase did. He's like, yeah, he's this orthopedic surgeon for the Orlando magic. I was like, dad, how have you not told me about this before? Money. <laughs> I was just like, well, like I, you know, I'm the basketball guy. Like, what the hell? And it, you know, it's actually kind of perfect timing given the circumstances with Zion and and Dr. Chase. We turned around probably within 24 hours and got him on the podcast. So he was he was awesome and and more than willing to hop on and just a great guy. But um, anyway, the injury, you know. A lot of us don't know the specifics of how it happened, when it happened, because, you know, obviously each organization with an injury like that to such a talented player, they want to be as probably as vague as possible. And instead of, you know, asking, you know, so they can't get bombarded by questions about it. Right. So, you know, we, we got as insightful as we could by the sounds of it. It's not, you know, just a, a fracture to where it, it looked like he probably turned an ankle. This is probably a, an impact situation where it's just, I mean, he's a huge dude, huge yeah. explosion, like yeah. we've mentioned, just a consistent thing where it eventually fractured. Um, so it's going to take longer to heal. Uh, the The likelihood of re-injury is higher. And it's, it's a lot, there's a lot of variability in terms of how soon he can come back 
first of all, because we don't know exactly when it happened. We were told NBA Summer League is when it happened. Um, there's there's a lot of variability in terms of how he's feeling, whether or not the the fracture closes as quickly as it does with other people, how hard he's working already right now. There's 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 a lot of a lot of different things and a lot of different ways this can go. So I probably provided a little bit more uh, questions than answers on that one. But uh, Dr. Chase, really, he, he laid it out really well. Again, li- listen to the podcast because exactly. he's going to explain it way better than me. But uh, we talked about how he can heal up. And the fact that Zion's not in a boot is more than likely a good thing. The fact that he's working on the court with Teaspoon already, a good thing. Um, and, you know, in the fact that he can also lose weight right now without putting complete weight on his foot like he can get in the pool get on a bike get on the treadmill in the pool there's a lot of different ways he can get back into shape other than just playing basketball so there's some encouraging things there's some things that can make you nervous uh but but dr chase did an awesome job awesome yeah yeah it was a very very insightful uh interview i appreciate you bringing that i uh i did i did enjoy it and, and got a lot from it so um Speaking of that, let's, we've talked about the roster a little bit, and there is some optimism there. There were two things in the offseason that, uh, and it's my thinking, how they can improve the defense. Um, easy ways to do it. Number one, control the turnovers, protect the ball. If you're not given those um, live turnovers, it's going to be easier to uh, get defensive stops on the other end because you're not on your back, back, back heels. The other thing is, is size. And the one thing that Dave Griffin and Trajan did this offseason looks like that they, they went that way. We have a lot of guys that are 6'6 and above on this roster now, wing players, some that are more offensive driven, some that are, are more defensive driven, which is a pretty decent combination. And my thinking is on the defensive end, if you're going to play uh, what Willie Green looks like he's going to do from Summer League, something um, – the defense is going to be a little more collective. You're not going to have as many point of attack defenders or whatever. It's going to be more team, more talking. If you have that size, they can stretch their arms out, get into passing lanes, move it, make it difficult to move the ball in the half court. So um, your thoughts on this roster as it's constructed right now, um, kind of go into this, this hope and this, this, that you have uh, that you spoke to spoke about earlier. Sure. So, I mean, yeah, you, you nailed it. I mean, it, it's filled with guys that are six, six and above that are going to get minutes really other than probably based on what I I've heard. Kyra isn't looking great in practice. I, um, I wasn't, I was not that impressed in summer league. I think he is, um, I don't know, maybe he's one of these late guys like Jackson last year where the light will come on later on. Sure. Uh, but right now the game still seems a little fast for him. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's only 20 came into the league at 19. (laughs) Um, So, you know, to rush these guys is unfair. And, you know, if, if he were to get traded in some sort of scenario, this is not, this is just speculation. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, you know, crying or anything like that, but at the same time, there's no need to to rush it. There's really not. I mean, (laughs) after what we've seen from Naw and Jackson Hayes, Twitter, all it does is is fester (laughs) impatience. That's all it does there. That's it. But uh, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. Guys that are going to get regular minutes generally uh, above that height. I mean, there's, there's Devonte, which teams are going to go after him when the Pels. Yeah. Are the yeah we have to hide yeah, him, I mean, but we got enough yeah. guys. I think that big enough to, to hide him on the defensive. Right. 
Exactly. Exactly. So, um, I mean, exactly. You, you hit it on the head of a lot of reasons why I'm optimistic. And you mentioned the turnovers. One thing I do want to say about that is that, yeah. well, Eric, Eric Bledsoe's gone and Steven Adams and his butterfingers in the paint are gone too. <laughs> yeah. So that's going to help a lot. Very um, much so. And then that, and you, you mentioned the, the offensive and defensive focus guys that are also six, six. Well, the thing about these offensive guys who are, are taller, long, I mean, they're still long, right? Mm-hmm. Stick a hand out in a passing lane. That's a turnover for, for your, for your defense. It's a steal for your defense. So I'm really excited. And I, you know, the, the main thing about Willie green that makes me so, so jazzed and ready to go for him to be the head coach of the Pelicans is the fact that this dude cultivates buy-in everywhere yep. he's been everywhere. Stan Van Gundy clearly could not do that this last season. That was ugly, a bad hire. We can all admit that now. We can all come to that conclusion. It was pretty easy to come to that conclusion, if we're being honest. But Willie, I mean, there's just, there's a level of emotional intelligence that you can't, it's almost like you can't teach that he has. His ability to relate to these players, you probably can't teach it, but it's its on another level, level for Willie. Um, he, he's a former player, like I said, he made that defense in Phoenix last year. And, and that is just a level of respect and understanding of how good somebody is at their job. And the fact that he's been in the NBA before to add to that, that just there's a base level of respect. And the more you get to know this guy, that respect just increases and increases. And the other thing about Willie, and I've said this a bunch of times, I, I'm kind of beating a dead horse here, but I'm going to reiterate it any, anyway, because it's so true, is that the, there's a difference between Alvin Gentry and Stan Van Gundy. They swung to the opposite side of the spectrum, and now they've evened it out. And what evening it out is doing and has done is Willie Green cares about these guys. He's a player's coach, but he also knows when to, you know, get angry or, or, or say, Hey, we need something from you as opposed to just being this laissez faire hands off style. It's the perfect in between. You know, I had a coach in high school who he doesn't have any kids. We were kind of his kids on the track and cross country team. And I texted him this summer and said, happy father's day. And, and, uh, you know, because of the level of respect and, and uh, he's been a role model for me for so long. And that's what I see in Willie green. I mean, I, I haven't been in high school since 2015 and I still text it. It's been six years to me at 25. That's an eternity. And so uh, that's what I see in Willie green. That's what I see. The, the level of love and respect to be able to sit down and, and know that this guy cares about me, but also to hear him say, BI, we need you defensively. You want to win basketball games. We need you. And for BI to take that to heart and really believe it and put it into practice. That's the difference with Willie green. Dude, B.I. looks so confident in media days. It was like a, a cool confidence, something we haven't seen. Like he's, I think there's an opportunity for him to take it to the next level, especially because it looks like um, Zion's going to be limited right at the beginning of the season. Uh, so Brandon's going to have to take more of the responsibility here. But luckily, we only have one more day to wait to see how this team looks, at least in the preseason, because they play tomorrow, uh, tomorrow right? I yes. think they're streaming that first game. There's only one game on uh, Valley Sports. So I think you got to go to the Pelicans um, app. So okay. I have League Pass. I'm, I hope it's on League Pass. I would assume uh, it's on League Pass. Well, 
the only game I know that's broadcasted on any kind of network is um, the one in the Smoothie King Center, which is the second or third game. I forget. Okay. The other ones, I think, are streamed through the, the Pelicans app. Sure. Okay. So you may have to download that if you want to watch it, and it's always terrible. I don't know why they just don't put them all on there. Um, I think the NBA the, just this whole it. broadcasting thing. Yeah, I'm like, I'm glad I don't live in Louisiana because I don't have to deal with it because I got the the league pass. You know, like that. I don't have to worry about being uh, blocked or what is it? Uh, blacked out. Blacked was, out. It was terrible because they still haven't. Um, the only reason I still have Direct TV, not to throw anybody out there, but uh, is because Valley Sports which was formerly Fox Sports New Orleans, they're apparently still in argument with streaming services. So it's a shit show. It's yeah. like, and, and so I don't know if you swear on your podcast. Sorry. Uh, well, <laughs> I'll just put the explicit button on there and it'll show there, up. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's unfair to the fan base. I agree. It does a disservice to the NBA too, because I agree. a lot of people like, like Louis Prejean, a friend of, mm-hmm. of Pelicans plus and friend of mine, well, constantly tweet who has the stream, right? <laughs> and so somebody, I mean, so many people end up watching it illegally anyway. Uh-huh. Like, you, it's it's just it's ter- it's a it's disservice terrible. to everybody. It's, it's terrible. You would think stupid. a friend, uh, an, uh, an association as as big as the NBA is would would, would get that correct, get a little uh, a handle on it, yeah. you know? But okay, you'd think. Before I let you go, one last question. We've got 16 guys on the contract on the roster, not including two-way players and, and, and the like, uh, tra- uh, training camp bodies. I know the exact question you're going to ask. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> I am all for six, nine guys who can defend and shoot threes. <laughs> in your estimation, how in the heck do we keep – the one guy whose contract is not guaranteed on the roster, Mr. Winyan Gabriel. I don't know, man. <laughs> I have no idea. I, you know, I like cap being a capologist. I, I just, or like contracts and all that stuff. I have no idea how any of that works. I just, I see the news and I talk about it. Like, like that's, that's it. Uh, Schmidt Dua does an excellent job of, of <laughs> breaking that stuff down, but I have no idea. You know, I it breaks my heart. I hate it. I am a Wenyan stan. Like I, I talked about Wenyan coming, like being a Pelican before they signed him. Like he was part of my free agency preview going into last season. I'm like bring this dude in. He's the Anthony Davis stopper in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. And and we saw. I mean, the Nicolo Melli was getting time over Wenyan Gabriel last year, and it made me want to die. I hated it. It was stupid. And, and Eric Bledsoe was too, for that matter. But ah, it just sucks. I'd rather see – I don't know how they would convert it to uh, uh, like a two-way or something like that, but I'd rather see Wenyan here on a two-way than freaking Dalton Homus, who's a two-way or a Division two basketball player. And, you know, he might surprise us like Najee did or something like that too. So I could eat my words. Same thing for Jose Alvarado. But um, I'm going to be heartbroken if he is no longer on the roster going forward. And so uh, somebody will pick him up. I, you know, he'll, he'll have a place in this league for a while and I'll always be a Wenyan fan. So he's, he's one of those players, man, where he is probably about two or three years away. If he progresses it a little bit, I think he needs a little more weight and a little more consistent from outside. He's um, erratic too, defensively. A lot of fouls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that comes with weight and then just yep. um, this overall knowledge of the game. 
Yep. Uh, if I remember watching his story, I think he's um, he doesn't have a lot of basketball knowledge as far as yep. the game and IQ. So that comes with it. And of course, obviously weight and experience, which he's not getting any playing time, which he should have at the end of last year, because we were yeah. so bad. Yeah. Just throw him out there and let him run. <laughs> I'm all for it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He ended up in the, he played quite a bit in the, the, uh, the G league bubble. Um, I know that. And, and that was valuable for him clearly. Um, and then we did get to see him a little bit at the end. He was, and I was every single time you're going to, when you sees the floor anywhere, you're going to see when on my Twitter, like in all cap <laughs> every time. Uh, all right. Well, Elliot, thank you for jumping on to uh, the Pelican crew podcast. Tell the crew where they can find you and all that good stuff. Absolutely. You can find me on, on Twitter. It's at Elliot Clough, one L and one T and Clough is C L O U G H like rough and tough. Um, Pelicans plus is on Spotify, Google play, Apple podcasts. And of course on our website, bootcrewmedia.com. Uh, go check me out on YouTube. Really trying to grow that audience as well. Subscribe over there, drop a like, drop a comment on any of our videos. Um, yeah, uh, very excited to continue to cover the Pels. Even though I just got my first full-time job, I'm going to stick with it. I'm very excited to continue, uh, covering my favorite team in the NBA. Well, we'll be listening, Elliot. Thank you so much. And uh, good luck with new job. <laughs>